0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-B in Lions right here on the Believe Podcast Network. And today is a very good day to believe in the Detroit Lions because not only did we not lose on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we've also got a chance to win this coming Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Now, unfortunately for both you in the audience and me here on the mic, there is no Jerry Ball this episode. Unfortunately, the bad man, the all-pro nose tackle, the multi-time Pro Bowl nose tackle, the SMU Hall of Famer, The man so bad that the Cincinnati Bengals had to move Hall of Fame left tackle Anthony Munoz to guard just to deal with him. That's right. Jerry Ball was that good back in his heyday. Detroit Lions, the governor, Jerry Ball. He can't make it here tonight, but the show must go on. And so you've got me. And if you want to talk about shows, we've got Frank Gore versus darren williams in the ring now williams he's six foot three he owns an mma gym but the 38 year old frank gore coming in at five nine apparently it's not all that it seems he's been training heavily in boxing for years maurice jones drew went on the pat mcafee show and was saying that in the off season he would train with frank gore back in the heyday when he was playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gore was with the 49ers and Colts and so on. And they'd put a couple, like a full NFL training session in. And Gore, after the fact, would put in a couple hours in the boxing ring. So with that in mind, I think I got to take Frank Gore. And I'll be taking that bet on BetOnline.ag. They are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season. With more props, odds, and lines than ever before, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated de- desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available For the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest. And easiest way to bet. All your favorite sports. Bet online. Where the game starts. And so. Before this game starts. We do have to remember. Jared Goff. Might not be the starter. He is dealing with. A strained oblique. As he put it. Tim Boyle. The former Packers quarterback is taking the first team reps after coming off the injured reserve with a broken thumb. David Blau, who's been serving as the backup to Jared Goff, will continue to be the backup to Tim Boyle if Jared Goff can't go. So Tim Boyle, very interesting story. In three seasons at the University of Connecticut, he had one touchdown and 13 interceptions. In 19 games, that is horrendous. So he sits out 2016. He transfers to Eastern Kentucky as a redshirt senior. And it's a little bit better. He throws 11 touchdowns now, 13 interceptions, has a rushing touchdown as well. So ends his time in college with a 13 to 26 touchdown to interception ratio. Not great, Tim. Not great at all. Just a 55% completion rate in college too. But then he goes to the Packers and then he beats out first round pick Jordan Love for the backup job in Green Bay. He completes three out of four attempts in his 2019 for 15 yards. Has negative one rushing yard on 18 career attempts because all he does is come in and kneel the ball at the end of the game. But maybe... He's just really good in practice and he has impressed these coaches enough that he has earned the job in Green Bay and now the job in Detroit. And so his competition, David Blau, he had over 9,000 yards in four years at Purdue, a 69 to 43 touchdown to interception ratio. So keep that in mind. David Blau, 69 touchdowns to Tim Boyle, who has 13 touchdowns and David Blau is 43 interceptions to 26 interceptions for Boyle. So looking at the college stats, you would think they'd go with Blau, but I digress. I am not a coach of the Detroit lions getting back to Jared Goff, though, not being good at all this season. He has an average depth of target of 6.4 yards. So when he is throwing, he is aiming lower and shorter than anyone else in the NFL. His 6.3 yards per attempt are ahead of only Trevor Lawrence and Dolphins backup Jacoby Brissett. That is not good company to be in. And so, with all that in mind, can the Lions go back to Jared Goff if Tim Boyle gets a win against the Cleveland Browns? I think it's going to be tough. If Tim Boyle somehow manages to crank out a W, for the Detroit Lions, I don't know how you put him back in the bottle to say and bring Jared Goff back out there and of course they will be able to disguise it, ah, you know, Jared's just not healthy. Uh, we're 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 going to we're going to roll with Tim for another week cuz we don't want to put Goff at risk because he's our future. And then you start Tim Boyle again. If this is all hypothetical, but if you win, you start Tim Boyle again and then see what he is. And it very well could be one good game. They get film on him, and then he flops a la Mike White with the Jets. But you cannot rule out that Tim Boyle gets the win over the Cleveland Browns and gets another start for the Detroit Lions, because Jared Goff is not the answer. And the big question for the Cleveland Browns is Baker Mayfield the answer. Right now, he is playing extremely hurt. He is more banged up than we have ever seen. Day-to-day with a knee injury that he is confident he will play through, but he also has a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. He has a foot injury, and he's gritting through these three separate injuries just to play on Sunday because he wants to be there for his team because that's who Baker Mayfield is. But the question, is that good enough? Is Baker Mayfield worth extending for the Cleveland Browns? That will very much depend on their closing of the season. I think the Browns need to make the playoffs. And even then, they need a strong playoff run to give Baker Mayfield those big bucks. We already know Josh Allen, he signed to that multi year, multi hundred million dollar extension. Lamar Jackson has already proven he deserves to be next equal to, or greater than Josh Allen, but Baker, we don't know what Baker Mayfield is yet. And that's a problem. So he's under contract for another year with the Browns. They don't have to worry about losing him. It's just a lot to look at with Baker Mayfield's contract in the coming year. I really would prefer a Baker Mayfield than Jared Goff though. That would be, a better problem to have than the quarterback purgatory that the Detroit Lions are currently in. And so speaking of the Detroit Lions offense, Dan Campbell took over as the play caller and Anthony Lynn, the current offensive coordinator, he respected it. He said, if he objected, he'd be a hypocrite because he did that as a head coach. When the chargers were struggling, he took over as the play caller to try and turn it around. So he understands it's still a very much, call, com, it's a combined approach. They are communicating, they are calling plays together. It is an open concept play calling. They just wanted Dan Campbell to be in Jared Goff's ear. And when that happened, DeAndre Swift gets 36 touches. The Lions run the ball 39 times for 229 yards. And a large part of this is because when they get Taylor Decker back at left tackle, that means Panay Sewell can move from from left tackle to right tackle, and Matt Nelson can move from right tackle to sixth offensive lineman slash tight end. In these jumbo packages, DJ Chup Chup, hashtag feed Swift, absolutely feed Swift, all of the touches. DeAndre Swift is a top two if you play fantasy football deandre swift is a top two dynasty running back it's him and jonathan taylor the sky is the limit for the two of them but where i was going with this with this offensive line these jumbo packages with matt nelson as the sixth offensive lineman the Lions were able to score two long touchdowns. The first was Jamar Jefferson. They motioned Matt Nelson from the right side to the left side, lines up next to Taylor Decker, and then Jamar Jefferson scores on a 28-yard touchdown run between the two of them. And then, safety turned running back Godwin Igwebuke. He scores a 43-yard touchdown between Matt Nelson and Panay Sewell. So this jumbo package is... That the Lions are starting to roll with is making the team and the offense better, and it seems like this might be an advantage for NFL offenses going forward. And we've especially seen this with the New England Patriots. They have a massive offensive line. They run with two tight ends in Hunter Henry and Joe New Smith. They have the fullback in Jakob Johnson, and they just run over teams because they are bigger. And stronger than them, and they are just going to pound it up the middle. And so, next time we talk to Jerry Ball, we've got to consult on him with this style of offense that the Patriots are running. And it seems like the Brown or the sorry, the Lions want to employ going forward. And speaking of the Patriots, it's what they used to blow out the Cleveland Browns last weekend and beat the Atlanta Falcons last night, twenty-five to nothing, with a dominant run game massive offensive line the big question though taylor decker dealing with an elbow injury and so if he's out that makes this much harder to deal with hopefully taylor decker can play because it changes this offensive line completely with sewell and decker as the two bookends and so speaking of taylor decker he's frustrated right now In his return to the Detroit Lions. He is happy to be back on the field with the guys. But he's upset with all of the trade talk on Twitter. He calls the negativity around his name Bull Plop. I can't say what he said on the stream here. On the podcast. Because I don't want to get fined. But Taylor Decker calls it Bull Plop. Had to talk to his family and reassure them that it's going to be okay. Calls his friends and tells them. I'm in the NFL. I'm going to be okay. Stop checking in on me. Don't worry about me. Knew all along that he was staying in Detroit. And he feels like a lot of the negativity was for clicks. And we here on the believe in pot lines podcast. We never wanted to get rid of Taylor Decker. Jerry told me that was what they were saying in the media. And I was shocked. I understood the the conversation moving him from left tackle to right tackle. And don't get me wrong. That's, a nothing conversation. It doesn't matter. It's all what the coaches are going to do. It's just fun to speculate, but getting rid of Taylor Decker was always ridiculous. It was going to cost the Lions money to get rid of a foundational piece at left tackle. So he clearly wants to be here. Taylor Decker is a building block for the future of the Detroit Lions. And going forward, there's a couple guys on this offense that I truly believe, are the future of the Detroit Lions. And it starts with the three first rounders on the offensive line. We have Taylor Decker, we have Penae Sewell, and we have Frank Now, Those three all have long-term deals with the Lions and are going to be a massive part of the Lions' renaissance. Quite possibly as well, left guard Jonah Jackson, he's under contract for two more years. There's no way they just up and cut. Jonah Jackson, because he has seen massive improvements through his first year in the NFL to his second year in the NFL. So the offensive line has three locked in pieces, possibly four. And then the fifth one in right guard, uh, Hal Vitae, maybe he needs to pick, take a pay cut or they could very easily slide Evan Brown. The guy who's filling in for Frank Ragnar right now, from center over to the right guard position and still a dominant offensive line. And that's without even getting into free agency and the draft and anything like that. This is a foundation piece for the Detroit Lions, as is its backfield. We have DeAndre Swift. We are already talking to DJ Chup Chup from the Twitch stream and You know, we don't have uh, Jerry Ball here tonight, but we do have the lovely Miss Sansa who is here to say hello and here to say goodbye. But the backfield, DeAndre Swift, he's a star. He is a top two dynasty football running back, as we already talked about. Jamal Williams, he is the energy of this team. Everyone talked about how devastating it was to not have Jamal Williams in practice because he was hurt because no one was joking. No one was playing pranks. No one was lightening things up and that hurt the team. So Jamal Williams is a foundation piece for the Lions going forward. Even if he is not the mega star stat producer, he is a locker room guy and hopefully Jamar Jefferson and Godwin Igwebuke are foundation pieces as well. They both have another two, three, four years on their contracts, respectively. It's, I can't see the Lions doing anything in the backfield. They don't need to. And then at wide receiver, they have Amon Ross St. Brown. He's locked here for three more years. And we know that he is the kind of player that the Lions can build around when they get their quarterback after Jared Goff, whoever that may be. Hopefully, Quintes Cephas can become one of the foundations of this offense, too. But we have to see him come back and be healthy. But the players I don't know about, Khalif Raymond, it, it could happen. It could not. I like him as a rotational piece. Josh Reynolds, he very well could be another rotational piece as well going forward. We will see how that pans out. But the big question, TJ Hawkinson. He was supposed to be a star for this passing game and all he's done is disappoint so far. He cratered this week or this past week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, no receptions, only one target and he didn't catch it. And two critical penalties. One was an illegal low block where he lined up as a wide receiver cut a guy which he can't do because he wasn't lined up as a tight end and then the devastating holding call that turned the 43 field yard field goal attempt into a 48 yard field goal attempt that ryan santoso missed in overtime and the lions could have won but they didn't and they tied and his best game of the season week one eight receptions, 97 yards and a touchdown. That was a great debut performance for TJ Hawkinson on the season. And his second best game was probably week Two. eight receptions, 66 yards and a touchdown. It was a great start to the year to TJ Hawkinson. But since then he has not scored a touchdown. His next best game was against the Eagles before the buy 89 yards on 10 grabs, which is a lot of, receptions but really 8.9 yards a catch is not that great so have teams just figured out they can bracket tj hawkinson double cover him and jared goff's not going to throw to him he's not going to force it to the guy with bracket coverage or is something else going on i don't know it's It's very frustrating as a TJ Hawkinson fan because he has all of the tools. He has the size, the speed, the athleticism, the blocking ability, the hair, the swagger, the tight end university championship belt. TJ Hawkinson has all of it, but he's been disappointing so far this season. He has four games with over 60 yards, which you would expect the number one wide receiver for the Lions to do better than that. And he has three games under 30 yards. That can't happen for your number one option on the offense. It was supposed to be Swift and Hawkinson, Hawkinson and Swift, Hawkinson, and Swift, Swift, and Hawkinson, just back and forth all day. And only Deandre Swift has held up his end of the bargain. And it almost is comparable to, to what's going on in Cleveland with Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham was supposed to be the focal point of the offense. He was supposed to be the difference maker in the passing game. He was supposed to be the alpha in Cleveland. And that just didn't materialize. And the Browns looked much better with without Odell Beckham against the Cincinnati Bengals, winning 41-16. to But then... They bottomed out against the Patriots 45 to seven probably could have used old Odell Beckham in comeback mode in that game. Odell Beckham with the Rams now struggles against the 49ers, but they also looked bad before Odell arrived against the Tennessee Titans. Now Robert Woods is gone. So even with the addition of Odell Beckham, the Rams are a net worse team and funny enough, The only reason the Rams went for Odell Beckham, according to Saints head coach Sean Payton on the Dan Patrick show, the Rams entered the conversation real late. And that's because they were waiting to get our guy, Josh Reynolds. They were hoping to claim him off of waivers. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes said, nah, nah, he is coming home to Detroit. Now we have Josh Reynolds. Now the Rams have Odell Beckham. And we will see the fallout of that. But I think at this point, based on the salary that we had to give, the Detroit Lions won this, only having to give up $500,000 to Josh Reynolds to see if he can be part of this team's future. Sign me up. And sign me up for Aaron Glenn, too. What he's been doing on defense has just been phenomenal given the lack of requisite talent that he's had to work with at times so last week against the pittsburgh steelers the lions defense holds Najee harris to 86 yards on 27 attempts just 3.2 yards per carry that's phenomenal news considering before the bye The Eagles ran for 236 yards, five and a half yards per carry, and just walloped the Lions. The week before the Eagles, they held the Rams to 47 yards, but that didn't really matter because the Rams were throwing because they were in comeback mode. And then before that, they were embarrassed by Joe Mixon, 94 yards at 5.2 yards a carry. Alexander Madison had over 100 yards, four and a half yards a carry. And David Montgomery had over 100 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, and two touchdowns. So they've been embarrassed by several running backs this season, the Detroit Lions defense, and they finally clamped down on Najee. It will be very interesting to see if they can repeat that against Nick Chubb, who, with Derrick Henry out, it's Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor as the best pure runners in the NFL. It, there's all kinds of different comparisons you can make. Jerry Ball, when he's been on the show, has talked about how we talk LeBron versus My, uh, Michael Jordan. It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He has all of the accolades. He has all of the titles. He has all of the awards, and he has the rings too. So why not him? But depends on what you're going on. In terms of dynasty fantasy football, it's Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Hopkins. Ha- Swift one and two when it comes to pure rushing outside of Derrick Henry it's Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb but we'll see if Aaron Glenn's defense can hold them down it's going to be a tall task but I think the Lions defense is more than capable of doing it and so before we head out here one of the more Interesting stories in the NFL, probably honestly, my favorite NFL pop culture story. It's the link from the Cleveland Browns to Moneyball. Paul D. Podesta, if you've ever seen the movie Moneyball, Jonah Hill's character is Paul D. Podesta. He requested his name be left out of the movie. He is the chief strategy officer and de facto president of the Cleveland Browns after what he did with the Oakland A's in the MLB. So Paul De Podesta was part of the Sashi Brown analytics movement and got all of the draft picks that the Cleveland Browns were hoping to rebuild with. We famously remember they had the three first-round picks. They took Miles Garrett first overall, passed on quarterback, didn't take Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Mitchell Trubisky. That was a big controversy. They took Jabril Peppers and David Njoku. They took all those first round picks, got all the draft capital. And then Sashi Brown was fired because Hugh Jackson, the head coach at the time, wanted to trade a second and third round pick to division rival Cincinnati Bengals to get back up quarterback, AJ McCarron. It was a bad decision that got Sashi Brown fired because he said, no, Hugh Jackson ends up staying, and fortunately enough for us, Jimmy Haslam likes Paul Podesta and says you can stay on, even though we're going to bring on John Dorsey as the GM, you can stay on as president, and Hugh Jackson's going to be our head coach. So John Dorsey comes in, and he's the football guy. He gets the players. He drafts Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb. He goes out and trades for Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and Wyatt Teller. He signs Kareem Hunt. John Dorsey added a lot of talent to this Cleveland Browns team using the draft picks that Sashi Brown accumulated for him. So the Browns get rid of Hugh Jackson, and there's a decision. do Who do we go with that head coach? And they can pick interim head coach Freddie Kitchens, who was the choice of of GM John Dorsey, or they could go with President uh, Paul D. Podesta's pick in Vikings Offensive Coordinator Kevin Stefanski. They ultimately pick Freddie Kitchens. They have a disappointing season. And at the end of the year, John Dorsey is given a question by the owner, Jimmy Haslam, that has a correct answer. The question is, do we fire Freddie Kitchens? John Dorsey says, no, I want to keep Freddie as our head coach. And the correct answer was, no, we're going to fire Freddie Kitchens. And sorry, John, you are also fired as well. Now, John Dorsey is in Detroit and he is purely in a talent evaluation role, which is perfect. He is good at that. We talked about the players that he added While he was in Cleveland, the problems come with John Dorsey in his time with the with Kansas City and with the Browns is the money management side of things. If we keep him away from the money and just let him scout the players, that is what he is born to do. So in summary, Sashi Brown got the picks. He got fired. John Dorsey got the players. He got fired. And now Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry hopefully get to profit off of it. But the man behind it all is Jonah Hill's character from Moneyball, Paul Podesta. So that's the long and the short of it when it comes to Moneyball in the NFL. And that's the long and the short of it when it comes to the Cleveland Browns versus the Detroit Lions. The Browns were 10-point favorites on Wednesday night. And then on Thursday night, with the news that Tim Boyle is probably going to be starting, the Browns are 11 and a half point favorites. It's gone up a whole point and a half with the move from Jared Goff to Tim Boyle. I thought it was disrespectful when they had the Browns as 10 point favorites over Jared Goff. And I still think it's disrespectful that they're 11 and a half point favorites over Tim Boyle. This Detroit Lions defense is good. This Detroit Lions offensive line is great. This Detroit Lions running game is elite. Stop sleeping on the Detroit Lions. Give them the respect that they deserve because this team is playing their hearts out for Dan Campbell. And we believe that the Detroit Lions are not only going to cover this, 11 and a half point disrespectful spread. But the Detroit Lions will hold the Cleveland Browns to just 13 points as Tim Boyle leads the Lions to 17 points in a 17 to 13 victory over the Cleveland Browns. And so you should absolutely head on over to betonline.ag, take the Lions to cover. Because we are brought to you by betonline.ag. They believe in the Lions, and so should you. And so, without Jerry here to break it down, I will take up that mantle for the evening. Thank you all for joining us here tonight. One, two, three, we believe. I believe, I believe, I believe. the Lions! Say it with me. I love the Lions! I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,